It is a joy to be back at Eagle Heights, and I thank Pastor for that introduction. Uh, the Lord is good. That's all I can say, folks. I can't say anything else. The Lord is good. I just want to thank you folks for standing with us and for so kindly sending us cards and letters and gifts. And my wife was attuned to every one of them. She read the cards. She tried to respond in many cases. And uh, God just blessed us in so many ways together in her last weeks. I had gone to Brazil. I went in October, and when I heard she was not doing well, I came back a little earlier. And uh, I just praise God for the wife he gave me. 35 years would be 36, February 3rd. I feel like I'm full cycle. 35 years ago, I was getting ready to go to the mission field. 36 years ago, single. I had dated a vet. We had been engaged. We broke it off. She wasn't sure about the mission field. But then, 1983, she called me and said, God called me. We got back together and we got married and I went with a beautiful wife. And the rest is history. God is so good. He really is. And now I'm going back single. But in 35 years, I must have learned something about cooking, right? <laughs> Somebody asked me that. Who was it? And uh, I haven't learned a whole lot, really. Folks, sorry. She was such a good cook. Mississippi woman. Loved all that Mississippi cooking. Fried chicken and all the rest, you know. I just have to lose weight. (laughs) Tighten up my belt. God knows. He's good. He really is. Thank you, church for standing with us and for supporting us and loving us in spite of who we are. Oh, how I feel weak and unworthy. But God doesn't need worthy people. He just needs a willing heart. That's all he needs. Thank you. I want to share some things that God has put on my heart. And I look for a piece of paper when you're on the road and you're uh, living out of a suitcase and tried to pack up my stuff and leave it at Daniel's house in Pensacola. And I spent uh, two weeks with my daughter in Michigan, and that was too cold. Uh, She was wonderful. I loved the deer. Uh, the snow, beautiful out here. I had to come up here to see this snow. And uh, then I spent two weeks in Pensacola, and that was too rainy. 
It's just been rainy all the time. So I need to be in Brazil. I looked for a piece of paper and and I didn't have any. And I took a vet's last notebook. She put some cornbread recipes in here and some other things in her scribbled handwriting. And I figured I might as well use it for sermon outlines too. At least I've always got her with me, right? So I want to share some things with you. If you would, turn in your Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 21, the last page in John's Gospel. And I've preached so many times in so many different churches, I can't remember what I preach where. And uh, I'm not a very good record keeper. So um, I'm not going to preach one of my old messages. I'm going to add on to it. And I've preached from this text many times, and I love John chapter 21. I just love this, uh, the book. I've taught through it so many times. But chapter 21 is so special, this encounter of the Lord with uh, seven disciples out fishing. And the things he deals with are so important for them and for me. And I want to just share a little bit of that with you this morning. Uh, My message that I'm sure I've preached here maybe twice is come to shore. The Lord got him to shore because he wanted to talk to him. And I believe God would talk to you this morning as he's talked to me through this passage. And I think what he wants us to hear this morning is that he loves you and he loves me. And he has a special purpose for your life. There are times when we look at our lives and we think, what is God doing with me? Why this, Lord? You gave me this wife and she's wonderful and the Brazilians love her. She learned to love them as I love them with all their faults, all their difficulties. You don't know what drama is until you've been to Brazil. (laughs) My granddaughter could teach you a thing or two about drama. And then the Lord takes her and you stop and say, Why, Lord? I don't want to be alone now. But I believe God would say to you and me, I have a special plan for you. And we've heard a lot about that this morning already, haven't we? Prayer has a lot to do with that. What is God's special plan for you? It's one of a kind. It's wonderful. It's supposed to bring glory to him forever. We haven't even got to the scripture yet. Let's look at verse 15. Would you stand with me this morning? I know it might be difficult for some. But in Brazil, we always stand at the reading of scripture. 
John chapter 21 verse 15 says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter turned about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee. Peter saith, uh, Peter seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry, Till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the disciples that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did and which, if they should be written, each one, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. You may be seated. Follow thou me. First of all, I want us to notice the importance of listening to God's word. Listen to God's word. These men were doing what they did naturally. They loved to fish. The disciples, many of them were fishermen before they started following the Lord, and they knew all about fishing. But you notice that even seasoned fishermen couldn't catch any fish in a whole night's fish. There they were, sitting in the boat, thinking, boy, this has been a wasted night, you know? But the Lord's just a little ways away, and on that beach, and they had no thought of going there. The Lord gets them there, and he uses one thing, and that's his word. He speaks to them. 
And you notice that uh, first off, it's a question. He asked them a question. Have you any meat? Verse 5. You can look back at it. We're not going to go through it tonight. But he says, have you any meat? And they say no. And he tells them on which side of the boat to fish. Now, if I were going to bring some politics into it tonight, I would, I would go there and stick on the right side, you know, of the boat. What's the matter with you guys, fishing on the wrong side of the boat? And I'm sure when he did that and they threw the nets and they caught all those fish, John's skin began to crawl and he thought back to another time when he had seen that happen. Luke chapter 5. And uh, he says, it's the Lord. Peter takes off swimming, grabs his coat. He was naked. I don't know if he had some fruit of the looms on or something, but he swam to shore because he needed to talk to the Lord. And incidentally, if you folks can't hear way in the back, do this for me. I'm soft-spoken and half-deaf. So I hear myself fine. Are you hearing me? Okay, good, 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 good. So he asked them a question. His word is so important. We listen to his word. We need to hear his word. And we've got all the ease of doing that nowadays. We've got it on our cell phone. We've got CDs and tapes. And, and we've got every, all kinds of stuff. Depends on what age you're from, you know. Uh, But we can listen to the Lord. We can listen to his word. And that's so important because that's what he's going to use to get us to shore. His word. That's what he's going to use to get us where we need to be. And he uses his word. So listen to his word. You're not going to go anywhere in your Christian life if you don't listen to the word of God. So many times we've seen people trust Christ in Brazil and they'll, they'll be a nominal Christian for years and years and we keep telling them you need to come to Sunday school. You need to get involved in listening to God's word. And they don't grow at all. And then all of a sudden they come and they say, wow, I've been missing it all. I need the word. It's so good to hear the word. That's what God is going to use. To touch our lives. And he did here with these men. Obviously. But then in our text here. We see Jesus getting them to shore. Because he needed to deal with Peter about some things. And and what he needed to deal with Peter about was the matter of love. So you need to listen to God's word number one. And I do too. And then we need to look at our love. Jesus asked Peter here three times about his love. You love me more than these? Now, I'm not sure if he was talking about more than these disciples or their love for Jesus or whether he was talking about um, more than the disciples loved Jesus or he loved them as men. They're all together. They're companions. They're friends. I do know from... Greek scholars, that they say there's a change of wording here. And the Lord starts off with the agape love. Do you love me, Peter, with an agape love? 
And all of that's lost in the English and in the Portuguese. But Peter comes back with the phileo, the friendship love. I love you as a friend. And it was very subtle to them, just a change of words. On the third time, Jesus comes down to Peter's level and says, do you love me as a friend? Independent of whether that's there or not, I'm not a Greek scholar. I took one semester because I was waiting for a vet the first time. And I hated it. It was terrible. All those tenses and all that stuff. And I thought, I am never going to read Greek. I'm sorry. I'll have to wait till heaven to do that. But if it's there, fine. But what Peter needed to look at was, do I really love the Lord? And I think God would ask us that today. Do I really love the Lord? I think it was here at Eagle Heights. I heard someone say, one way to know is look at your checkbook. I know you don't use a checkbook anymore. You use a credit card, right? Well, I just started using one. That shows how behind I am. But uh, look at our spending. Do we really love the Lord? And that's what the Lord's asking Peter. Peter, do you really love me? Think about it. You're proud of your love for me, but should you be proud of that love? Does it stand out that I am the main person in your life? And you know, I have to ask myself, is the Lord trying to teach me that maybe I didn't love the Lord as much as I should? Because I had a wonderful, loving wife. And I was all wrapped up in her love. Nothing should take the place of the Lord in our lives. Nothing. No one. He's got to be number one. Because he's God. And Peter had denied the Lord three times. And here the Lord says, Peter, I'm trying to help you. Do you really love me? Do you really love me? And I have to ask myself the same question. I need to learn to love the Lord more. I don't need a wife because the Lord took the one I had. I don't need my kids because they're gone. And they were supposed to go. I love my grandkids, but I don't really need them either, do I? I don't even need the churches. I never forget my dad saying, Steve, just get them to pray for you. If they'll pray for you, You won't lack support. You won't lack support. And we've never gone a day hungry in our lives because we didn't have support. Sometimes we chose to. But do we really love him? 
the manner of love. And then thirdly, Jesus says each time to Peter, feed my sheep. First time, feed my lambs. Those are the little ones. And then uh, Jesus is trying to get him to see, Peter, you don't need to be anything but a vessel in my hands. You're not going to be anything in and of yourself. You're not going to bring any glory to eternity by yourself. We all have plans. We all think we know where we're going, right? Yeah, we've got it all planned out. Ah, the Lord can change those plans real fast. Yeah. What really matters is what he's got planned for us. And all we need to do is be a vessel. Vessels only. So apropos to sing that song this morning. The just being empty and being clean. I talked to our church in Brazil once and I told them, how do you come to church? Do you bring a clean plate? A lot of times we come and we're all full, right? Or we're all dirty. Oh, I didn't wash my plate. I can't eat tonight. You know? We need to come ready to receive what God has for us. And just realizing, I just need to be clean. I need to be pure. I need to be usable. Feed my sheep. I don't like to talk to people, folks. I am the worst candidate to be a missionary. I really am. I have prayed, God, I'm not going to talk to anybody on this plane unless you sit them down beside me and you open the door, and then I'll go through. And every time, he does. And all I have to do is say, uh, so what do you do? Oh, Lord, here we go again. You know, I'm going to have to tell them I'm a missionary. A Mormon? No. I'm a Baptist missionary. They got missionaries too. And then I start talking to them. And they'll usually prod me about something. Why is there suffering and pain in the world? And I'll tell them. And I'll tell them. Who's the answer? You just need to be empty. You need to be clean. You need to be ready for the Lord to use you. Carry a Bible track. Oh, I love that. You don't hear that in many churches nowadays. Here's this track, and it's good. Carry one with you everywhere you go. You'll find somebody to give it to. That's so important. When we started the new little ministry we were working on when we left, Yvette and I had talked about it. We didn't want anybody from other churches. We want new converts. If you have never been to a church of new converts, you need to go to one sometime. Or you just need to make this one one. That's better yet, right, Brother Bob? Make this one one, full of new converts. And they walk around and go, wow, I've never heard that. 
You say, man, I've heard that all my life, you know. There's an excitement and a zeal and an interest in the things of God and they want to win other people and tell other people about the Lord. It's so exciting. Feed my sheep. That's what I want from you, Peter. There's a lot of people around that are going to need you. And I'll guarantee you there's a lot of people around that need you and that need me. My daughter called me the other day, Leah, and she said, Dad, I don't know what to do with Joanna. She's such a drama queen. She, she's, I just can't bear her. She's impossible. And uh, like I told you, she's a Brazilian. She's got it all. She can throw a fit no time. Make a big deal about nothing. You know? I think I can help my daughter a little bit with her, her daughter. I think I can. That's what God wants from each of us. Just be empty of self. Empty of your own desires. Your own will. But then the chapter finishes up, as we read, verses 18 through 25, with an emphasis on follow thou me. Follow thou me. Look at verse 18 again. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. Whither thou wouldest. We need to follow the Lord, not self. America, I believe, has become so self-centered that she can't really see the world anymore. She can't see what's really going on out there. All she thinks about is keeping herself afloat. In our politics, in our personality as a nation, self is what dominates. Listen to your heart. That's not what God wants. God wants you to listen to Him. When you listen to yourself, you're going to take your life into destruction, into frustration. It's not going to produce a thing that will produce glory for eternity. And yet that's where we are. We're all wrapped up in self And what the Lord was telling Peter here was, there was a time. You've been a very selfish man. We've all lived in self. And we shouldn't live there. That's not where the Lord wants us. But then he also mentions, or we see in the context here, others. Don't we do so much because of other people? Think about it. A lot of it has to do with our, what's this going to look like? You know? And we're thinking of others. The Lord's talking to Peter here, 
And I find that so interesting that when you read the account in this chapter, the only two people who talk, well, three do, I think. John says it's the Lord. Jesus talks to Peter. Peter talks back. John doesn't say a thing. Now, we get it all from him because he was right there. He was following. So we've got eight people and just three of them do the talking. And it's mostly the Lord and Peter. John's just listening. There comes the listening. Don't we talk too much? Ladies, I'm going to look at you for a minute. I know men can talk, but you put them together and the ladies will all talk to men any day. Yeah, it's just natural. I know it is. But I know we talk way too much, whether it's men or women. We need to listen, don't we? We need to listen to the Lord. We need to listen to others. What can I help you with? Tell me. We don't really listen anymore, do we? Not others. We make comparisons and we're following other people because of what they will think or the peer pressure or, or all of those factors involved there. Others, so important to us. And the Lord says, follow thou me. What is it to thee, he says, if I... Make him live till I come. What is that to you? You know, and as a missionary, you look around other missionaries and you have a tendency to compare yourself, don't you? We do that everywhere, right? I'll never forget my first job selling lady shoes at Loveman's Lady Shoes. And I was trying to figure out how it worked and there was a lady there who knew how to sell shoes. I mean, she'd sell shoes ten times more than the men would. There were three men there, me and two others. And you're trying to learn. You're watching. And you're trying to adopt their techniques. Ah, she comes up on them right away. And I'm here. What do you need? My boss tried to teach me too. He said, if... You don't show them things, ladies won't buy anything. You can't tell them. Go get it and show it to them. You may not have the shoe she wanted, but you bring out ten other ones. And you sit her down and you show every one to her. And if you can, put it on her foot and she'll buy something. But we do all that Because we're looking at others, trying to be like them. The wonderful thing is God doesn't want you to be someone else. He wants you to be yourself. You're the one he wants to use as a testimony, as a witness. God has a wonderful purpose for me. I believe that. He has a wonderful purpose for you. There are people that you can reach for eternity. And there are people that I can reach. We don't need to be following others. 
Neil, growing up on the mission field, I've, I've kind of had a little bit of an independent spirit right from my youth. I went to Tennessee Temple University, and there you would see the guys they call the Billy Bibles. They walked around just like Dr. Lee Robertson, double-breasted suits, and they tried to talk like him and be stately and I told my wife while we were dating, I said, that's ridiculous. Why should they try to be like him? I bet his pajamas aren't double-breasted. <laughs> you know? And he's not perfect. He's just a man that God has put there to do a job, to get thousands of kids out on the mission field and in pulpits around the nation. But he's got something different for me. And he's got something different for you. We don't need to be like anybody else. Just be ourselves for the Lord and be usable. And then he says, and he ends up, follow thou me. I want you to look at verses uh, 20, 20 through 22 real quickly. Look at this. And Peter turned about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved followed following which also leaned on his breast at supper he's just identifying who he is and saith unto and said lord which is he that betrayeth thee that's what J- uh, peter had or john had said to jesus at the supper peter seeing him saith to jesus lord and what shall this man do jesus saith unto him If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? What do you have to do with the other person's life other than try to be a help? Follow thou me. Are we following the Lord? Are we doing what he wants us to do in our life? Are we sure that that's where God would have us? You know, so there's some wonderful truths about that, about following the Lord. I think back, if you turn these numbers around, 21 to 12, John 12. When you come back to John 12, the Lord was talking about going to the cross. And he says in John 12 and verse 24, these words. This is a new Bible, Brother Francine. We're pretty new. I can't find, I can't get the pages to separate here. John twelve twenty four. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life In this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him, what? Follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father, what? Honor. Honor. In the presence of the Lord. And all we have to do 
is follow. A new bunch of believers never read scripture. We studied for a whole year the book of Genesis. We just went verse by verse. And I love the part where verse, or chapter 45, first verses, Joseph says to his brothers, you didn't send me here. God did. You know, I'm sure Joseph didn't always have that attitude. When he got thrown in the prison for doing what was right, he was probably saying, God, what are you doing? This just isn't right. But then years later, he could say to his brothers who sold him, you didn't send me down here. God did it. God did it because he wanted to preserve you as a nation. You know what I find interesting? Go to chapter 46. And there's Jacob and he's wrestling with it because you don't want your kids telling you what to do, do you? (laughs) And Joseph's down there, big man in Egypt, and he says, Dad, you come down and you live with me. I'm going to take care of you. Jacob did what was right. He didn't always do that. But he goes to Beersheba and he offers sacrifice to the Lord. And he said, Lord, is this right? And God says, you go down. Because I'm going to make you a great nation. And I will surely bring you out. He tells him. Where did Joseph get those words at the end of his life? That's where he got them. From his dad. God will visit you. And will bring you out. He has a purpose. And all I've done is be used of God. Would you say that this morning? God used my life. God, use me. I just want to be used for your glory. I want to get to heaven and see people that I told about the Lord Jesus. There's a little old man up in heaven who I think probably greeted that when she first got there. His name was Sidilo. And he would walk to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Fifteen blocks. Most of the time with his little dog. The dog would sit under the pews. A lot of people didn't like it. But he was there. He said, I had one foot in heaven and one foot on earth. That's the way he described me all the time. Your dad and you you got one foot in heaven and one foot on earth. But he went before I did. And he's up there now. He got killed going to church Sunday night. Motorcyclist hit him. He loved the Lord. I used to take him home every night. 
after church. How many people do you know that are there because you ministered the word to them? God ministered it through you because you just said, Lord, use my mouth. Don't let me talk about football or politics or the job or anything else. Let me talk about the Lord Jesus so that others can know him too. God help us. Follow thou me. Let's bow in prayer.